Welcome to another special edition of Dustin Can Read, or Dustin Can Watch? I haven't done one of these in a while, so, you know, I thought, why not? And besides, it's a very special, special occasion, because this time I'll be covering the Fear Street Film Trilogy as streamed by Netflix. Coming up next, Dustin Can Watch! If you've listened to my show before, or you follow me on social media, you know that I have a big love for the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein. Now, I'm not saying that I've read every single book. I haven't. I have not read every single book. I do have a lot of them. I have all of the trilogies. I have some of the newer books, like the Return to Fear Street books. And I also, you know, I, I, I've read them for a while, so I know enough to know what the gist of the feel of Fear Street should be, the su suburban gothic feel. I may not have read them all yet, because I have a lot of things to read and <clears throat> watch, <laughs> But I, so I wouldn't call myself an authority of all things R.L. Stein, but I have really appreciated and loved his books ever since I read the very first Goosebumps book that came out, when it came out. Welcome to Dead House came out in 1992, and that's when I read it. I read it as it came out. So I became a big fan of his, you know, from his early stages in the early 90s. Now, granted, he started in the late 80s, but, you know, what can you do? So I was 11 years old when Goosebumps came out, and after a couple of years of reading that, I decided I need to step up a little bit, and so I graduated to Fear Street, naturally, at the age of 13. I was in an accelerated English Lit class, creative writing, and my teacher was my favorite teacher of all time, Mr. Carroll, you know, rest in peace. In his class, we got to do some really cool projects. Like, for one thing, we had this journal we had to keep every single day. He would write like a message or an idea up on the whiteboard, and we would end up writing for 10 to 15 minutes a day, and you know, it was really cool, it was really creative, and that's where I actually wrote a lot of my short stories that I've performed on the show, and there's more I haven't, but you know, that's where I started. He really encouraged that in me, and I love that about him. One of the cool things he did once was he gave us an assignment to, you know, just pick a book and, you know, do a project on it. I don't know exactly what the project was, but I remember giving a report. I actually made this kind of like index card thing of like scenes from the book, but the book I chose was Fear Street Halloween Party. Now, I love Halloween, and I was looking for something to graduate up to, and the cover of this book was just awesome. I loved it, and you got the, the floating pumpkin head with the skull face, you got the girl with the cape and the costume on running through a cemetery, there's a spooky house in the background, it was everything, everything that you could want from a Fear Street book. And it was one of the, the early ones, I think it was number 8 in the series. So of course I was hooked after this. One of the cards I remember making was a mock invitation that the characters in the book received in their lockers. And all it was was a coffin on the cover of it, and it says, Reserved for You. And I just loved that. I really wanted to have a Halloween party so bad after that. <laughs> I grew to love, at that time, the suburban gothic feel. I loved it. It was so great. And once I took a bite into it, I wanted more. I wanted more. So I started reading some more Fear Street books. And I probably got like up to 15 or 20 books at that time. Some of them kind of were lost. And even my original copy of Halloween Party got damaged with water somehow. I'm sure somebody spilled something on it. I don't know. 
I wanted to live in Shadyside. But of course, not on Fear Street, because that's where all the bad stuff happened. You know, that's where people got killed. That's where people got haunted and stalked and everything under the sun. <laughs> you didn't want to live on Fear Street. Shadyside, maybe, but not Fear Street. Every so often, someone would find a mangled dead body. And, you know, that's something I didn't want to find. So I decided, eh, maybe I don't want to live there. But it was great. How could you not love it? Okay, um, we have a caller. I didn't even know I was set up to do that. Hello, you're live on Dustin Can Read. Dude, I was just listening. You were so right, except about the book thing. What series are you talking about? Um, who is this? It's Dom. Dom Hendricks? I lived on Fear Street? Wait, Dom from the Simon Says Die podcast? The one and only... But how? I thought I made you up. What? Um, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what's up, Dom? I just wanted to say I totally agree with you. I used to live in Shadyside, and... Wait. Used to live in Shadyside? I didn't write that. I mean, I thought Simon Says Die was based on Fear Street. Oh. Yeah, well, after Lisa left and I graduated high school, I got the hell out of there. And I had enough after what happened on the podcast. Oh. Simon Says Die is no more. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, what are you up to now? I'm attending school. Salem University. Salem University? Why does that sound familiar to me? Dunno. It's pretty interesting here, though. I'm learning a lot of neat stuff. Though I'm starting to think I'm cursed. Why would you say that? Oh, I'm staying in this dorm called Nightingale Hall, and a bunch of bad shit went down here years ago. Some other stuff seems to be happening today. <laughs> Everyone calls it Nightmare Hall. It's stupid. Uh... This lady named Diane something wrote a bunch of books about it, I think. Oh, God. Dom, you need to get out of there. I don't know why. It's safe as can be. Hello? Dom. Dom, if this is really you... You need to find another place for higher education, dude. Dustin? Dustin, what's happening? Oh my god! Uh... Okay... I don't know what that was about, but... Anyway, back to Fear Street. <laughs> so, after graduating high school, um, life took me in a different direction. You know, I didn't get to read or write as much, and, you know, but one day, years later, actually just a few years ago, I found my way back to Fear Street, and I started reading the books again. I still, like I said, I still had about 15 to 20 novels in my, in my trunk, in, along with other middle grade stuff. A lot of this was Goosebumps. I then started adding more to my collection by way of eBay and Etsy and... And, and some thrift store finds. Then, two years ago, I found out that they were making a Fear Street movie. And not only were they making a movie, they were making a trilogy, just like they usually do with the books. There were so many trilogies in this book series. It was just so on brand for that. Now, that was the summer of 2019. And I read that Chiernan Entertainment 
was partnering with 20th Century Fox, and they were going to release them in the summer of 2020, a month apart, as, you know, kind of a summer spectacular thing of Fear Street. And I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Then I learned that Sadie Sink from Stranger Things was going to be in it, and I love Stranger Things. And I'm, Sadie Sink is just awesome anyway, so I mean, I mean, this was getting better and better for me, right? Then months went by, and no updates, nothing, heard nothing. Then the pandemic happened, and oh my gosh, we all know what happened after that. Then I found out that Disney acquired Fox, and then the deal with Chirden Entertainment fell through, and I, I heard that they were shopping around for a new home for the Fear Street movies to be released, but almost like six months or so went by and we heard nothing until the August of 2020 when we finally found out that Netflix was going to release them and I thought oh my god that's even better even better it's gonna be right into my own home I don't have to worry about going out I can just sit down and watch these movies and I was I was really excited about this right but they weren't going to be released until 2021 so huh, another you know eight to ten months later I was going to see them so I was really getting impatient. I really wanted to see them. And I really, I knew that this summer was going to be the summer of Fear Street. And I really wanted to commemorate that in some way. Now, I had made a lot of friends in the podcasting world, the vlogging world, Instagram, Bookstagram, if you will, including um, X99 Fear Street on Instagram, who is Lauren, and Hannah, who runs the Fear Street Book Club podcast. So that was just, you know, hmm, what can I do? And I decided, you know what? I'm going to write a script. I'm going to write a trilogy script, and it's going to be a parody tribute to Fear Street, just to prepare people for this upcoming cool movie trilogy that was going to come out, and I just knew it was going to be awesome. Meanwhile, I was finding out more about the movies, and that they, you know, they were going to be taking place in, you know, different timelines for each movie, and I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to do the Fear Street Saga. Oh my gosh, we got to cover this. Oh man, this is going to be so awesome. I was so excited about this. You don't even understand. <laughs> so I got together with Lauren, and she became my co-host for The Listener, which is just a, a spoofy parody tribute to Fear Street, in which we we were a true crime podcast that takes place on Fear Street, and we talk about things in the book as if they actually happen. Meanwhile, things were happening to us at the same time, and just a bunch of melodramatic silliness, and we point out all these different tropes that happen in the books, all the redheads and all the murders and, you know, just people, you know, fan stuff, basically. We recorded... And with the help of Stephen Trigar of the Composer Chronicles, he put me in touch with Brooks Leiby. And Brooks Leiby is a wonderful composer. Oh my goodness. If you've you know, listened to The Listener, or even if you've heard my um, Fear Street Saga tribute theme back to the beginning, um, he did the music for that as well. And he's just so good, so awesome, and such a friendly guy. I mean, I highly recommend it. Check out his SoundCloud, listen to his music. It's awesome. And somebody needs to snatch him up to do some movies, to score some films now. So we put all this together and I wanted to like focus on, you know, who, what can I name this fake podcast? And I thought Simon Says Die after the famous Simon Fear. You know, he's like the most famous fear in the family, right? And, you know, to hear a little bit more about it, you should just go listen to it for yourself. Just go listen to it for yourself. And um, it's only like 20 to 25 minutes for each part. 
and each one builds a little bit more on the story and build and gives you a little bit more about different Fear Street books. It's, you know, it's a fun time. Anyway, it wasn't until after all of the listener parts were released that we actually found out when the movie trilogy was going to be released on Netflix, starting in early July, once a week. And I was, whoa, once a week? I mean, I was expecting once a month, but now once a week. And that's, wow, this was going to be epic. And I could not wait. And about a month and a half later, Fear Street Part 1 graced our screens. Now, I'm not going to break down every aspect of the movies for you. You can find many podcasts and vlogs and articles for that. They're going to give you all the type of things that happen in it and their take on it and whatnot. But first, I want to remind you of when I actually started to read these books. I was 13, and I'm very certain that this takes place in the fall of 1994. That's when I was 13. <laughs> So I'm very familiar with the timeline of part one. I was definitely apprehensive of the movies at this point. See, after I learned of the, um, the release dates, um, I started hearing a little bit more about, you know, what was going on, what was going to happen in these. And we found out that they were going to be rated R. I said, okay, for gory violence, for, you know, language, for sexual situations, for nudity. And this is not R.L. Stein at all. So I was a little nervous about this going in. If you know R.L. Stein, if you've read any Fear Street book, you know that he pretty much keeps the language clean. He doesn't really have a lot of sex. I mean, the murders do happen and they're sometimes gory, but you usually don't see it. It's usually the aftermath that you see. Most of the time, the characters' lives are in peril, but you know, it's not really a slasher situation. It's more of a thriller than a slasher. Then came the pre-release reviews. You know, the press got screeners first, and then the week of, a lot of people got screeners. I didn't even hear about this, and I'm kind of miffed about it that no one told me, because I'm on socials all the time. I did not see anything about, you know, pre-screening, you know, downloads or codes or websites to go to. I didn't know anything about this and it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit that people who knew I was into Fear Street didn't tell me. But I digress. Bitterly. And then the comparisons to Scream came up for part one. And this had me pretty concerned. You know, I... They weren't mentioning the books like at all. At all. None of these reviews, nobody who had seen it was mentioning the books. All they were saying was that it was a slasher and that it was gory and that, you know, it was, you know, really cool tribute to 90s horror. And I thought, well, I don't get it. I don't. If anything, I felt like if the movies were going to have any sort of scream appeal, it should have felt like Scream the TV series. Not season three, that crappy reboot. Don't even go there. But Scream the TV series season one and two, not Scream the movies. See, Scream the TV series had more of a, of a gothic suburban feel. It was a murder mystery. There was a, one person who died per episode. And, you know, it could be gory, but it wasn't too bad. And I was more of like, all right, this seems more Fear Street to me. I don't know. I was still nervous, but I was keeping an open mind. So July 2nd, 2021... I rushed home from work. What you may not know about me is that 
I'm my mother's caregiver. She got sick a few years back, and ever since then, she's kind of not been that great. So I've been, you know, taking care of her. Now, she had heard me talk about Fear Street for years. She even read Silent Night once. You know, she gave it a try. So she knew all about my love for Fear Street. And together, we watched it. All three parts. Now, I got into the story overall. I liked it. I left my mind open. I thought, all right, they're not doing a verbatim story. They're taking characters and they're kind of misusing Sarah Fear, but that's okay. There were elements to it, like the overbearing music and the music that came from different parts of the 90s that came later. It, it was confusing. A simple Google search would have helped them for this. I don't know why they couldn't have done that, but I don't know. It felt sloppy. They had the goods and the fears and kind of that family feud going on, but kind of reversed in a way. Now, but I was down for the inclusion. Trust me, I was so happy that they updated it and they gave queer characters the lead roles and, you know, black and per people of color. I'm, I'm so happy they did that because it beat a lot of the tropes in horror and just movies in general, teenage movies. And it brought in a bigger audience for them. And I thought that was awesome. We don't get enough of that. It's a step in the right direction for sure. Let me just make that clear. So I let go of my expectations and I just let it be the slasher that Lee Janiak wanted it to be. But I kind of seriously doubt how much of a fan that she and the writers are claiming that they are because it feels sort of like they just took elements from certain books and plopped them into this horror film just so they can make money off a franchise. I don't know. How can you have a Fear Street movie and not include Fear Street in the plot? I, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I've already read so many comments on Twitter and on other socials that, you know, why was it even named Fear Street? And why was it named F-E-A-R Street and not F-I-R-E Street? Hello, you confused people when you didn't include any, any aspect of Fear Street except for one single shot for a minor sub-character in part three. That's the only time it was used. And it was kind of a slap in the face to the fans who have been, you know, loving this series for a long time. Now, I get it. I get it. It was made for Generation Z. I get that. And that's totally fine. You can update something and totally keep the same feeling that it was intended to have originally. You could have appeased Generation Z and the Millennials at the same time. Have you seen The Babysitter's Club on Netflix? Case in point, right there, there were updates, but they kept each book intact, and they just went ahead and updated little things. They had a little trans kid, they had a little gay boy in it, they put more um, people of color in it. It was, you know, a great updates without taking away from the heart of the story. I'm just saying, it doesn't feel like the books. Now, there's already talk about making another film or even a film trilogy, please don't. Please don't, Lee Janiak. Please just don't do it. What we want, actually, is a book-to-TV series show, like an anthology show that, just like Goosebumps in the vein of that, or even The Babysitter's Club, just, you know, take a book, turn it into an episode. Book, episode, do that. Trust me, people will love it. You can update it all you want. You can make it a little more slashery if you want as well. Why couldn't they have done that in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. However, all in all, the movies were fun slasher tributes with slight nods, very slight nods to the books. But I'm severely disappointed. 
I think I'll just stick to the books for now, you know, until a more Fear Street focused story is made into film or TV. But I hope we don't have to wait another couple of decades for that to happen. Thanks to Dom for calling in. I hope he's okay. Let me know what you thought of the Fear Street movies, or the books, or both. You can find me on Instagram at DustinCanRead, or on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden, or you can email me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. This month I was sponsored by Raj at It's All Retro on Instagram, and Robbie Miles, author of Don't Call at All, a new middle grade novel that came out earlier this year. You would like it. Try it. Pick it up. It's on Amazon. It's really good. He's also at RobbieMiles1445 on Instagram and on Twitter. So, you know, give him a shout out. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can hit me up at buymeacoffee.com slash DustinCanRead and buy me a coffee. And if you can't spend the money, you can also help me in another way. You can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or wherever you listen to the show. I'd really appreciate the feedback. I hope you enjoyed this Dustin Can Watch special episode. And until next time, Dustin Can Read. Bonus time. Enjoy. It's a mystery how it all began. The story of a curse, a witch, and this land. There's nothing but death and destruction here. And it's all because of someone named Fear. We're going back to the beginning. We're going back to where it all first started. We're going back to the beginning. But revelations cannot save dearly departed. The fire burned and bewitched the town. Calling to the darkened hearts all around It's evil unlike what you've ever seen It will haunt you in your teenage dreams We're going back to the beginning We're going back to where it all first started We're going back to the beginning But revelations cannot say dearly departed We're going back to the beginning We're going back to where it all first started We're going back the beginning, but revelations cannot say dearly departed. These revelations will not say dearly departed. No revelations cannot say dearly departed.